That means is our Rise Up Radar Pick'em Challenge for the year 2020. Rise up. Welcome to Rise Up Radar, where we keep the Falcons on your radar. Thank you for joining me, Stan Parker, for another episode. Let's have a ballin' show. And we are back again with another episode of Rise Up Radar. It's just me on the horn tonight. Uh, schedules didn't line up and some people feeling under the weather, so it's you got me. So, uh, Chris... Todd, Lee, everybody feel better, please. And uh, Zach, get you some sleep, brother. I know how those early days are. Um, yeah, we've got a good show tonight. We've got, uh, this is typically the uh, the look ahead. Go look into the next episode or the next game. But obviously the Falcons do not have a next game. They have the offseason. So um, some interesting notes happened today and this week that uh, the Falcons have completed an interview with Nathaniel Hackett, uh, Green Bay's OC. We'll just jump right into that real quick. That uh, according to my like list of kind of just watching the, the headlines here, that that's the eighth coaching interview. If you, I mean, you would count Raheem Morris, but I mean, that's the eighth coach that they have, they've interviewed. And I won't, we won't go into detail tonight of all the people they've interviewed, um, because the head coaching actually is a more intriguing subject to talk about uh, because you actually know these names. Uh, maybe not so much Nathaniel Hackett, but we've been on Joe Brady for a while. Todd Bowles uh, had an interview, which not real stoked about. Robert Sela, uh, Arthur Smith, Eric Bieniemy. Brandon Staley, don't know much about him. He's from Los, Los Angeles Chargers. And uh, Raheem Morris, obviously. Um, so the most excited one I would be about, uh, for me, I know Todd, I'm not going to put words in, Todd, uh, words in Todd's mouth. He's not here. But um, for me, is Eric Bieniemy. But I did hear some, uh, maybe not discouraging information, but I learned some piece of information today that kind of gives you pause because... Eric Bieniemy is the offensive coordinator in Kansas City right now, and obviously they've got the world-beating offense right now. They've got the best offense in the league by far. It's not even close. Um, but is that success a rock star quarterback and Andy Reid, or is it Eric Bieniemy dialing them up and pushing the right buttons and getting everybody in the right position? Because – I found out today that Eric Bieniemy does not call the plays. He does not call the offensive plays, and so he just gets everybody in position and installs the, you know, installs the offense. Now, this last game of the season where it didn't matter against the Chargers that um, that Eric Bieniemy called the plays. So Eric Bieniemy has been the the hot name. He's been the um the big brand name in head coaching for a while now, even off last year, he did not get a head coaching job, which is, uh, which was kind of surprising, but he's been the, 
the hot name, the big ticket item now. And then hearing that piece of information, people, you know, I don't know if people wondering, but it gives you some pause as a fan. So I guess Eric B. Enemy would be an interesting one. And actually, the more I think about it, um, the more I like the the Robert Sela uh, angle because there's a lot of names that would come with him. And he, uh, I mean, he's coached some really good defense, and I think the Falcons need some defense. So, uh, yeah, those will be my two. And obviously, actually, you know, I'm with I'm with Todd. I like Joe Brady. I hear you, Todd. Uh, miss you, brother. And, um, yeah, I like Joe Brady. They interviewed him today, or they're going to interview him soon. So uh, we'll see how that goes. And I think – and then Arthur Blank had came out in the uh, – confirmed to the media that they want to get this done by the Super Bowl. And so, therefore, maybe, uh, you know, if someone's playing in the Super Bowl, Eric Bieniemy, if he's playing in the Super Bowl – then hey, you know that that might be you know lofty expectations, or maybe they're going to a different direction. Either way, Nathaniel Hackett was the re- most recent um, uh, most recent interview conducted by the Falcons, uh, the Green Bay offensive coordinator. He's been there two years, so not very long, but enough to see that he's got a brilliant mind. Also, too, another interesting note that Raheem Morris has got an interview with Jacksonville coming up, so. Maybe he knows the writings of the wall. Maybe he's just CYA. You know, that's smart. So if maybe he has inside information, I don't know. I don't know what to read into that, but good on him. You know, I hope he lands on his feet if he's moving on or, you know, I like Robert uh, Raheem Morris. I really do. I just, I'm ready for some, uh, some new blood. So yeah. So, so to my count, there's eight head coaches that have been interviewed and then there's 10, general managers that have been interviewed. So I know me and Todd had talked in the past about just being aggressive and just doing your due diligence and, and, and getting yourself out there that I know there are some organizations around the league that have interviewed a couple of people and that's been it. Uh, the Texans really haven't, you hadn't heard a lot of news. I'm obviously not really in tune to what the Texans say, but um, or what the Texans are doing as an organization, but the Falcons have definitely been putting the feelers out, which is helps, you know, Makes me feel better that they might get this one right. Speaking of Texans, man, what a party it's going on in Houston right now. So we'll start. There's some Deshaun Watson drama up here in Gainesville, not too far away from here. Um, He's from Gainesville. He doesn't live in Gainesville. He's from Gainesville, Georgia. Um, So we'll start last year. Last year, DeAndre Hopkins got tra- one of his uh, favorite targets and one of his best targets he's ever had, gets traded away to Arizona, I believe. And he did not know about this and was unaware of any of this happening. And so he felt some kind of way about this, but never, never said anything. So this year comes up and uh, Bill O'Brien, B.O.B., he gets fired and everybody knows that a general manager is coming next or they're going to hire a head coach uh, you know, to fill that role. And obviously it's clear that everybody knows this, but he goes into uh, management or the front office and he, and he requests that, Hey guys, listen, I know you're going to hire a GM or a coach very soon. I want to be a part of the process. I want to, you know, I want to be uh, involved. I want to give my two cents. And it was like, yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. Yeah. We like it. 
the next day they hired uh who did they hire oh uh, the guy from uh new england Casario, and they hired him and they didn't even interview the guy that he was wanting i i read this part last and i don't know how much of this is true but he really wanted eric the enemy they didn't even interview him and so he's been upset about that and then so he's tweeting about it of saying some things never change. It's kind of cryptic and that kind of thing. And it just came out today that, hey, the Texans really might be shopping Sean Watson. Their stud star quarterback, he's 25 years old. He's got all the potential in the world. He's a star in this league, um, Gainesville's own, and they're going to shop him because they're a dysfunctional franchise and they can't seem to get anything right. So, um, yeah. That is a party. And I have read of tons of tweets today saying, hey, what about Deshaun in Atlanta? And I am totally with them on the what about Deshaun in Atlanta, except for the simple fact that that's almost not feasibly possible. I saw a tweet from a Texans, somebody in tuned to the Texans doings on Twitter, that the price would be very, very steep <laughs> for bringing Deshaun Watson in. They're talking about three first-round picks and a second for Deshaun Watson. I mean, for that's the next three years of getting not having a first-round pick. So is that worth it to you? Is As a fan, is, is having a 25-year-old stud that you could build around so you wouldn't need a quarterback, you wouldn't... So, like, if, if you're thinking about it in this way, it's using our first-round pick this year... Um. And I'm not so sure they're going to get three first rounds for him. If it was two first rounds in a second, I probably would, we we could have a conversation. But three first rounds, we're talking until 2024. That's just too much, man. I don't know if I could, that's, uh, I don't, I don't, it also too, you still got Matt Ryan to deal with. It's just a lot right there. But, um, well, I guess if you were trading Matt Ryan, I didn't really think this part through. I just, I definitely have just thought of it in the surface level. Three first rounds and a second round for Deshaun Watson. Um, it's But just kind of in a, not in the nitty gritty, but just take, take it a step back is you would be hampering your, your draft for the next three years and kind of hurting your depth again for the next three years. We did this with Julio, Mike Vick, you know, that kind of thing. And um, I don't know. It's um It's definitely intriguing, but I don't think – going to happen and besides all that there's no general manager in place in atlanta to even make that call so that might just be a pipe dream and there's other places that they could have more equity that kind of thing but it would be interesting it would be fun i would definitely pick him over zach wilson now would i pick him over justin fields hmm sean watson is a proven commodity he's put up monster numbers in a very terrible team um and his number one receiver got traded away out from underneath him. And so he's even put up monster numbers then. So would I trade, would I pick Deshaun Watson over Zach Wilson? Absolutely. Over Justin Fields? Maybe. I don't, I don't know. I'd have to see how serious everybody was. So that was just a little interesting stuff about, you know, Deshaun Watson. He's unhappy in Houston. So, um, you know, even more of today's athletes and just how the the power has has shifted. It's more of a you know player driven league 
you could wiggle your way out of a situation. If you don't like somewhere, you could, like Le'Veon Bell, if you don't if you like what you're doing or whatever, you could just pout and they'll trade you. Uh, he lost money in that deal. But, uh, yeah, anyway. Uh, yeah, it was really, that's a really steep price for two, three firsts and a second. I don't know if I'd do that, but that, uh, we'll keep looking at the tons of drama in Houston, but back to Atlanta. Um, so the Falcons have interviewed a bunch of, uh, head coaching positions, a bunch of head coaches for the position. Uh, another headline is Trevor Lawrence obviously declares the draft. No surprise there. And, um, there it is. Arthur Blank uh, came on to the. I don't know where the where it was. Uh, I guess originally, I don't know where it was originally posted from. But Arthur Blank reiterated the point that Matt and Julio are definitely could possibly be traded, and you know the national media is definitely running with this because he's already said this like weeks ago when the season ended or when he had that that presser talking about how the general manager would have full reign of whatever he wanted to do with Matt and it's out of his hand. He basically said, you know, that's for him to decide, not me. And so I guess the national media just picked this up this week and that became news that Matt and Julio could possibly be traded. And we've known this before, but I mean, it bears to talk about again. So who's the easiest to trade? Is it Matt Ryan? Who's uh, had a down year, I think. Uh, just optically and statistics, he always puts up good numbers. He's, Matt Ryan's had a, a down year. He's 30. See this? I think he's 35, somewhere around in there, maybe 36. I think we've gone over this again. Um, but, you know, but he's always there. Uh, he's very durable. He hasn't missed very many games, not injury prone. You know what you're getting? Consummate pro. You, is, a, is he more movable or is Julio Jones more movable? He's a freak. He's a top, you know, top five now. You know, he when on the field, he's a he's a top five receiver, if not the best receiver in the league when he's on the field. And I don't – he hasn't played in a whole season, and I think the stat was in three years. So – but the money is the money, the money, money, money talks. So money is going to be the reason why one of these two – I don't think both of them move – but one of them could. Um, my pick would be Julio. It would be the easiest to trade because of the money. Matt Ryan's contract is three years left and $117 million is what I saw. I went and looked on the internet myself. So it's a lot of numbers to sift through, but I came up with three years, $117 million. Julio Jones um, has three years, $38 million. And that is a lot of money between two people, two players, over the next three years. So um, if Matt Ryan were to move, I would think that uh, the Niners or the Patriots would be a good landing spot for him. The Niners definitely need a quarterback. I think they have the cap for that. I don't know their cap situation, but I think the last time I looked, they would be able to accommodate for that. And uh, possibly even the Patriots for Matt Ryan Bill Belichick uh, probably would take a veteran, a veteran quarterback that he knows what he's about and what his strengths are, so that they could move on from there and um, maybe get a first and a, you know first and a second for Matt Ryan, I guess. 
and then um, the Julio would be the next trade trade target would be I would I got three teams for him I think I think plenty of teams around the league could handle his contract and other see that's the thing with Matt Ryan there ain't very many teams that could handle his contract coming into the books and even the I think the Falcons are still already over the ta- over the cap in 2021 uh, coming up so but Julio has got a little bit more palatable palatable contract he's uh three years 38 million dollars left in the colts the ravens and the giants the giants is a new one that happened this uh this week you know the giants have kicked the can or or i saw a giants beat reporter i was deep in the internet um looking up i like getting onto so we i have like certain articles that i like reading the hometown articles of all the article you know people who cover the falcons all the time and there's nothing but Falcons, but I like going to the other side or seeing what they say about their own franchise. It's pretty cool. But yeah, I, I read some stuff that the Giants might, with their ownership, might take a risk and try to go get um, young Daniel Jones, a top end talent because they haven't had that around him in his young career. So um, they don't really know what they got in Daniel Jones, and I think they want to continue with him and uh, you know give him a a premier. A premier wide receiver. So, um, yeah, I think Julio gets moved if, if if either one of them gets moved. But in all actuality, I don't think anybody is going to be moved. I think um, um, before Lewis Reddick, Reddick had um, an interview as a general manager, he was asked about the Atlanta Falcons on, I don't even remember where he was, but he was asked as a TV analyst of, of what's going on with the Falcons. And the Falcons said that, or the Falcons, that Lewis Reddick said that their problem has been defense and pass rush. I mean, this defense, pass rush, and obviously running game. Things that Arthur Blank is very aware that it's the problem. So he said there's defense, pass rush, um, specifically and um, running game. Those have been the problem. So, and his opening statement was Matt Ryan is not all of the problem. Interesting choice of words, but he said Matt Ryan is not all of the problem. Now he does, uh, you know, account for some of the problem, but he's not the most pressing need right now. And they asked him, Hey man, if you were going to fix this, how would you fix it? And he said, I would hang on to Matt, hang on to Julio, spend all the assets and all the resources possible to build up that defense. And then, and then you can figure out what you want to do with Matt Ryan as an aging Matt Ryan or whatever, but you got to fix the defense very, very, very fast. So maybe that's news to uh, Arthur Blank's ears. Maybe that uh, persuades him to consider um, Lewis Reddick even more for this job because maybe uh, that, Arthur Blank really doesn't want to trade away Matt Ryan. Who knows what that dynamic could be, but um, I don't know. There's an interesting note. Does that make you happier as a fan, or does that make you sad as a fan of starting a new fan, or starting you know fresh and new? Um, that excites me, I think, just in his aspect, or because with his name, I think that excites me. I've seen the realistic, uh, practical. It's not a put TNT and dynamite and blow this thing up. It's a let's let's fix our needs we've been screaming that 
for 17 weeks now. Todd, Chris, Zach, Lee, we've been we've talked about this all season of gotta fix the defense, gotta fix the defense, and um, offense will come along. So uh, yeah, that was just an interesting note on uh, Lewis Reddick. Uh, another, so we've 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 covered kind of the head coaching carousel that's happening or the head coaching search that is happening right now for the Falcons. We've talked a little bit about the general managers last episode. Um, so uh, it's an interesting off season for sure. It's going to be uh, very different than what I'm, we're used to as a Falcons fan. Cause we haven't had, I mean, obviously six years ago we had Dan Quinn come in. And so, um, and even before that it was Mike Smith, but now we're going to get to the section of we're going to hand out. I know I wanted to get uh, the gang all back together tonight and uh, announce the winners of our, our pick them challenge throughout the year. But um, we didn't get a chance to get everybody on the air tonight, but that's okay. They can hear this through the airwaves just with the rest of the people, just like you're hearing it. So um, without further ado, I'm going to announce the winners of our um, our challenge of picking the score. So every 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 week, we on the show like to predict the score. We go down to the nitty gritty of actually like what the score is going to be and who the overall winners are. So I didn't go into any really depth of how close the scores were or whatnot. So we just did a straight pick them of. If you got the if you got the team right, you got a point. If you did not get the team right, you didn't get any points. So I just tallied up the tallied them all up and um, just to see who got the most points. Obviously, me and Todd picked the most games. Chris, Lee, and Zach didn't pick as many as me and Todd did, but uh, it's still fun to go through. And um, we'll hand out some prizes later. I'll get with I'll get with the winner um, off air, and we could. All right, so Lee coming in at the bottom with zero points. <laughs> Sorry, Lee. Yeah, you have one shot. You blew it. Uh, he picked. Uh, he picked the Falcons up to upset the Kansas City, um, the Kansas City Chiefs, and that that did not come to fruition. And uh, in second, the last place, I guess it's one, so like in fourth place. We have Chris. He has one point on the year. Yay, Chris. He's one of three. He picked three games. He got one of three right. Um, Zach is, well, actually, I, Zach got two points in overall standings. He was, he was uh, number three. But if we're going by win percentage, Zach would have won because he picked two of three games right. And then, drum roll please, in second place, your boy, Stan, me, I picked five. I got five points this year. All of this whole year, we, me and Todd picked 12 games. I got five of them right. And that means Mr. Todd Brooks is our Rise Up Radar Pick'em Challenge for the year 2020 with eight total points. He picked eight of the 12 teams right now we didn't i didn't go to the score who cares um we'll probably try to do that next year or whatever um but yeah todd out of the eight 
we selected, we actually did a score prediction for. Or out of the 12, we did this, uh, the uh, score prediction for. He picked eight right. He only missed four. He picked a lot with his head. Uh, I I got accused this season of being a homer, which I definitely wear that badge of honor proudly on my sleeve, and I am a homer, and that's what makes me so fun. But yeah, uh, but I'm not delusional. I'm realistic, and I understand things. I'm not, you know, I, I am seated in reality. I understand, but I'm just more hopeful than anything. But yeah, I picked five uh, correctly, and Todd picked eight. Kudos to Todd. Thank you, Todd. I thank you for all the guys. For sure, Todd, Zach, Chris, Lee, for um, for donating your time and and to uh, and some effort to get on technology and having to get on Zoom and be a distant and you know putting your giving Rise Radar and an hour of your time to to talk through these dirty birds. Even though the dirty birds weren't that fun, they're mostly dirty. And less birds, but yeah, they, uh, it wasn't a fun season to to sit and watch film and break down tape and watch things. But uh, I appreciate each and every one of you, Todd, uh, Chris, Zach, Lee. I, I thank you for your time. And so uh, enough sappy talk. I'm gonna get to another pick 'em. I'll end the show, the show tonight, the solo show. Um, with I want to go through the playoff picture through the um the NFL, and then I'll just pick some games. And then I'll uh, we'll jump off. So, so we got the number one seed is obviously Green Bay. They got a bye week. So um, the first game will be the L.A. Chargers versus Seattle Seahawks. <clears throat> I'm going with experience, even though Seattle Seahawks has a bad defense. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Russell Russell Wilson. Won't be able to cont- be contained, but I think it's going to be a good game. I think. Um, Justin Herbert is a young stud at quarterback, so that'll be a good game. Um, but I'm going to go Seattle there. And then Bears-Saints, very interesting. Um, I'm going Saints because I think Drew's back. Drew Brees is back. I don't know how back he is, but um, he had some pretty egregious injuries. Um, so, But I would go and, I'm going Saints there. And then Washington football team versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady versus... Uh, I think I do think uh, Alex Smith is going to play I think anyway I'm picking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers so right there I've got Seattle Saints and Buccaneers go to the other side so that's a triple header on Saturday I don't know the slate on Saturday and Sunday but it's triple header this triple headers on Saturday and Sunday gear up fellas it's going to be a fun one and so Browns and Steelers, unfortunately for the Browns, I think the Steelers get them, even though they have been playing worse than they have in the beginning of the season. I think the Steelers came back down to earth a little bit. Maybe that was a wake-up call, but I think the Steelers do get past Nick Chubb, go dogs, and, uh, and, and, and the Browns. So I got that. Buffalo and um, Indianapolis, interesting matchup, but I think Buffalo is way too talented. I think Josh Allen's a real one, and uh, that's going to be a fun. It's going to be a fun matchup as well. Two really good defenses going at it. Might points might be at a premium, but who knows? That might be a boat race. So, but I'm going Buffalo there, and then Titans and um, Baltimore. I think I'm the most excited about the AFC side because Titans and Baltimore, another defensive like, physical team. Um, but I think Titans get them, man. I, uh, Sharon 
my friend Sharon is a hardcore Titans fan. Uh, probably the only hardcore Titans fan I know personally. And uh, he would uh, he would be happy and surprised that I picked the Titans there. But yeah, I think Titans get Baltimore. I think uh, I don't know. That's gonna be a good game. Derrick Henry is such a monster. So so right there, I've got um, I've got Steelers, Bills, and Titans. And uh, I will on the second episode of next week, we'll go over how we did and or how I did, and we'll go with the next round and see how close I can get to the actual Super Bowl bracket. So that'll be fun. Just kind of stick with us, and uh, we'll, we'll go from there. Uh, try to get everybody on the show t- next week. Possibly, I don't know. It's a fluid situation. It doesn't matter. Uh, I enjoy talking to Falcons with you, with the fans. Uh, if you like what you heard tonight, tell a friend. Um, follow us on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts these days. And uh, I appreciate you listening. And uh, gear up for the offseason, Falcons fans. There's going to be a lot of um, positive things around the corner for the Falcons. And I think they're going to they're gonna do this right. They've already got 10 general managers on the slate as an interview. We've ever got, five, we've got eight head coaches being interviewed. Some good names, some quality names, not some retread names, minus Todd Bowles. I do not want Todd Bowles. If they hire Todd Bowles, I'm going to be upset. But the names on this list are quality names, names that the people want. So I think they were learning as a franchise to, you know, listen to the people. I don't know. Maybe not. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'm excited about the list of names. There's some definitely some potential here. So just stick with us, and um, we'll get you through to the draft. Um, and, and until next time, Falcons fans, rise up.